0: Talk, where we get you ready for your weekend parties. Now, this is the second part of our networking episode. We interrupted it to tell you all about going to Thailand. It was wonderful, but now we're back. We'll be going over the remaining five out of our ten steps to slay those networking events and meetups. So, of course, if you missed the first part of this series, a super quick rundown of numbers one through four are... Number one, research the event. Who's going? What's it all about? Number two, figure out your angle. What do you want to get out of this event? Number three, bring business cards, obviously. Number four, check out applicable lingo. Might as well sound like you're in the know, if only a little. Number five, keep the focus on the other person, get them talking. Don't take center stage the whole conversation. Of course, you can listen to the full podcast, which is episode number three and can be found on iTunes or our website. All right, not going to waste any more time. Number six, have a list of stock questions you whip out to get the conversation flowing with folks. These don't have to be exceptionally witty or insightful at all. They simply have to be a question or a story followed up by a question. In fact, the most mundane questions tend to work the best, in my experience. Some of my favorite ways to start a conversation are to go up to somebody who's standing by themselves, because if they're standing by themselves, it's much less intimidating, right? And I like to say, hey, so how'd you get hooked up with this event? We'll chat about that for a minute, and then I'll throw in, oh, I'm Rachel, by the way. Nice to meet you. So, are you from around here? Super simple. Somewhere along the way, I began to prefer diving right into the conversation with new people, and after we created a rapport, then, and only then, do I like to exchange the usual pleasantries. Back when we were learning to make friends, right, our parents said, oh, just go up to them and say, hey, my name's Rachel, what's yours? But now... Now I'm of the opinion that I just want to dive into the exchange, and after we both decide, hey, yeah, this person seems decent enough, I guess I'll make an effort to remember their name. I tried to make a concerted effort to remember that person's name. What's the saying? There's no sweeter sound than the sound of your own name. So yeah, remembering a name seems to me like the shortest way to flattery. Alright, so you've made contact. So then some of my other stuck questions for business functions are what got you interested in marketing, slash teaching, slash finance? Um, what are some of the hurdles or challenges in your line of work? Have you seen any significant changes in your line of work since you started? I feel most comfortable asking those types of questions of someone who's older than me. Someone who's my age, I'll ask things like. How did you get into this line of work? How's it going for you? Are you working on any projects that are exciting for you? You know, questions that are slightly more casual. For social situations, things get a little bit more loose. I generally like to start with the typical, How do you know these guys? Are you from here? But then I always want to know what people do for a living. Or maybe more importantly, What they get excited about. At one point along the way asking, so what do you do, became one of the worst questions to ask anyone. Like if anyone asks you that, inwardly you roll your eyes and start looking for the quickest way to get away from this incredibly dull person with absolutely no conversational creativity. Okay, so diatribe aside, I still find it interesting to learn what people are passionate about, so I've come up with a few alternative ways to ask that same question. My favorite is, do you have any projects you're working on these days? Or, you working on anything fun recently? Or possibly, so what's taking up most of your time these days? People can answer all three of these questions however they like whether it's work or leisurely related, and you know they'll be interested in talking about it. Other questions to generate conversation and learn about the other person are, what do you think of this party? Of all the places you've lived, tell me about the one that you liked best. Tell me about the first car you've ever owned. Or you can ask what I like to call slumber party questions. If you had a million dollars, what would you do with it? So you can see that in social situations, questions can range from topical, like what do you think this party, to slightly random, like the million dollar question. You really have to just see how the conversation is going and read that situation. Is that question going to be received well, or just come off really weird and a total waste of time? It's all about simply reading the other person's body language, whether a question is too personal or silly, or whatever. But back to the business function. I like to get to know new people by starting the conversation topically, kind of like what we already discussed, such as, how did you learn about this conference? Did you attend last year? Is it similar or different from last year? Tell me about some of the differences. Are you from around here? Is your family missing you while you're here? You know, basically, so on and so forth. You get the picture. You want to create a multi-dimensional relationship with these contacts, and plus, you're gathering information to ask them about in the future. You know, when you follow up with them within the next 72 hours, something, again, which we talked about in episode number three, but I'll give you an example here. Hey Bill, it was a pleasure to meet you at the Young Lawyers Conference on Tuesday. Hope you made it back to Sheboygan in one piece. I saw you guys got quite a bit of snow recently. Cheers, Rachel. Easy as that. I'll give you an example here. Hey, Bill. It was a pleasure to meet you at the Young Lawyers Conference on Tuesday. Hope you made it back to Sheboygan in one piece. I saw you guys got quite a bit of snow recently. Hope you stayed warm. Cheers, Rachel. Easy as that. We have a list of good stock questions on our blog under the tab articles if you want any more ideas. Number seven, copy their body language and tone. We kind of alluded to this back in the previous tip. However, we'll expand upon it now. This one feels a little weird and creepy until you get this one down and the next thing you know, you're copying other people's body language left and right. Also, chances are they already copy their body language and tone, and you don't even think about it. We like to call it personality matching in sales. And for me, it's less about copying their body language, per se, and more about mirroring their energy level. Right. Especially when I'm in sales meetings, I do this all the time, and it's a subtle way to show... Hey, I'm not trying to sell you something you don't want. I get it. See, I'm on your wavelength, and I simply want to share this thing with you that I know is going to make your life better. And hey, don't forget, I'm on your wavelength. It works the same way with friends and, of course, making new friends and acquaintances. You meet someone new who is super excitable and full of energy, kind of like a cheerleader, and if you're feeling introspective and quiet that day, you're probably going to feel overwhelmed by that person. They come on way too strong, didn't read that situation well, and you probably left thinking that person was obnoxious or whatever. For whatever reason, and it's probably because I just watched it over the holidays, however, this tactic totally makes me think of John Candy and Steve Martin in planes, trains, and automobiles. Neither one of their characters matched their personality, to the other, and they totally clashed. But hey, it made a really good movie, and for being made in 1987, it totally holds up and makes a good holiday classic, so we like to watch it every year. Anyhow, back to it. All this is to say, if the person you're talking to is more soft-spoken with you, lower your voice a bit to harmonize with them. Conversely, if the person you're speaking with is playful and engaging, rise to meet them in volume and make an effort to be more animated. That's it. Simple, and you'll find it works. Alright, so sticky eyes is tip number eight. It sounds like some candy found around Halloween, but really, this tactic is probably the one that I have found most effective since discovering it. It's amazing! I can't take credit for this one at all, but it's a good one. I read about Sticky Eyes in the book by Leal Lounds, and I hope I said her name right. I should probably check that. Okay, I just checked out YouTube. It's pronounced Leal Lounds. It's a good thing we have YouTube so that we can check stuff like this so I don't sound like a complete idiot on the podcast. All right, so I read about Sticky Eyes, In the book, Leel Lowndes called How to Talk to Anyone, 92 Little Tricks for Big Success in Relationships. The way she phrases it is so good that I'll simply let her explain sticky eyes versus me trying to paraphrase and botch the whole thing up. Quote, Sticky eyes? Pretend your eyes are glued to your conversation partners with sticky warm taffy. Don't break eye contact after he or she has finished speaking. When you must look away, do it ever so slowly, reluctantly, stretching the gooey taffy until the tiny strings finally break. End quote. Women can use this on everyone. Men, you guys have to use this a little more sparingly. Super strong eye contact apparently can come off as threatening between men, so use, again, it sparingly. The underlying messages that you're sending with intense eye contact are of trust, knowledge, and profound confidence. who would not want to convey that with everything in their being? Of course, you can use this tactic rather effectively for all of your hot dates, but it can also work magically in your business meetings. Again, because it conveys trust, knowledge, and confidence. Number nine. Don't stay in one place too long, circulate. I generally have a hard time with this one because if I find someone who I really like talking to, I tend to park it there. However, you're at a networking event, so use the time to your advantage. Meet as many people as you can. If you really like chatting with someone, you can always schedule a coffee date the following week to continue the conversation. But while you're at the networking event, move and talk to a variety of folks. Sometimes it's intimidating knowing how to gracefully end one conversation so you can mosey on to the next. I mean, if you need to be somewhere else or if you need to grab a refill on your drink, then it's one thing. That's an easy exit. You can say, It was lovely to meet you, but I must run to this appointment. Or... I'm going to grab another drink real quick. Uh, it was nice to meet you. However, if you want to find someone else to talk with for a bit, the most graceful way I've found to move on is by saying, I've enjoyed talking with you. I really hate to end it, but I know there's lots of people you'd like to speak with. And then hand over your business card followed by, please do reach out if you'd ever like to meet up for coffee in the future. Or whatever you feel comfortable inserting into that sentence. All right, so we're down to our final tip to rock your networking event. Can you believe it? (laughs) It only took us three weeks to get here since we broke the 10 tips into those couple different episodes, right? All right, so our final how-to network tip is if the person you find yourself speaking with is a total brick wall and simply doesn't respond to any of your finely honed networking and conversation skills, Man, they're lost, and you just scoot on to find yourself a new partner. Ta-da! And we're done. Don't forget, you can find the entire list on our website at www.thepropdoc.com, and remember to subscribe on iTunes. We'll be back this coming Wednesday with some conversational fodder for your New Year's Eve parties. A little tidbit, and one that will probably make an appearance in the next episode, but I just learned that you can buy an aquarium full of jellyfish. They're marketing it like a new lava lamp. Can you believe that? Anyway, more details to come next week. Cheers. (music)